This is Lindsay Campbell for CJSR's Moving Radio. Today I'm speaking with actor, nonprofit organizer, pro skateboarder Joe Buffalo, who's the subject of a short documentary called Joe Buffalo, directed by Amar Shabib. Joe has a nonprofit organization that inspires and empowers Indigenous youth through skateboarding. It's Nation Skate Youth. You can donate at nationskateyouth.com. For me, skateboarding was definitely like a savior, given the circumstances of me growing up. I'm from Muscochese, Alberta, Samson Cree Nation. I was raised traditionally like through ceremony and speaking my language. But when I was 11 years old, I was taken off reserve and forced into residential school. It was a bad place to be, man. It definitely me up. As soon as I was of age, I pulled myself out of there. And that's when things started happening. Lindsay Campbell of Moving Radio on CJSR, and today we're talking to pro skater and actor Joe Buffalo and filmmaker Amar Chabib. We're talking today about the short documentary from Joe Buffalo about Joe. So this is very exciting to have both of you here. Um, the documentary premiered earlier this year at Big Sky uh, Doc Fest. I think that's in Montana. And then you guys went ahead and won an audience award in the short documentary competition at South by Southwest. So that's a really exciting start right out the gate. Um, I was wondering, Amar, if you could start by just explaining to me a little bit how you came to want to make this documentary and how did you approach Joe? Sure. It kind of goes back to when I first met Joe in Montreal back in 2005 through skateboarding, actually. So we, we, we hung out and skated together. Um, I think it was over a summer. And then, and then uh, I moved out west to Vancouver and then we lost touch and I pursued film and years passed. And then it was in 2019 when I saw, I think it was an article about Joe turning pro and um, I, I recognized him immediately. And, and then, but th the big thing was that I discovered that he was also a residential school survivor. And I didn't know that back, back in the day when I met him because Joe never talked about it. So that kind of just blew me away, his story and just everything, all the obstacles he's had to overcome to get where he is now, I thought was very inspiring. And um, yeah, I just reconnected with him over social media and I said, hey, you know, what's up? You remember me? We used to skate at Peace Park, you know, back in the day. And he was just kind of like, what? And anyways, we just kind of reconnected and hung out a bunch. And then the idea for the film just kind of, evolved out of that or out of that yeah kind of reconnecting joe as we were talking about before you've acted in some really great little films here in canada over the past few years but this time you were a documentary subject how was that different for you being on camera and sort of negotiating that space of what you want to share with the world and what you might not want to well yeah, that's a good question i mean in the beginning of me like like being discovered as an actor i was purely just like being myself in these roles that I was playing, which made it really easy for myself to just like portray that character because it was just, I was just freestyling it, you know? And so 
Whereas, you know, if these films just so happen to do well and they go to these festivals and you're there and you're arm in arm with all your, your cast and you're just like, ah, and the vibe's so high and you're just, you know, it's just like, it's so much to just like take in, you know what I mean? And all these films so happen to do so well and win all these awards and it really just opened a lot, of, lot more doors for me. Whereas I was deep into my addiction and, I, and alcoholism that I, I kind of had a grasp on it, but you know, with a little bit of success and not really having a grasp on my own, then it, everything I had a grasp would just slip out of my hands as quickly as I was, you know what I mean? And whether it be a connection or a contact or someone who was approaching, you know what I mean? And so I didn't realize the, what I had gotten myself into until people were actually like, yeah, like, after I did so many films, I did well. They're like, okay, well, well, we want you. They're just like, these big films tracked me down and they were like, yeah, so we pretty much want you, but can you just put this on tape? And it would be me trying to like self-tape audition where I've never done one of these. So I was just blowing these like big auditions where they, they, were, they wanted me, you know what I mean? They found me, tracked me down and said, look, you know, we want you to come wherever. And so I didn't even have that much know-how, you know what I mean? I was so fresh and new to it where I thought like, oh, you know what, I got this, you know? Like, whereas that was me just like having to break that narrative of everyone's out to get me, you know, or, you know what I mean? And not being able to trust people. And so once I like reached out for help and was just basically like, I can't do this myself, you know what I mean? It was way different when you're like with a, a whole cast and a crew and you're actually at the, at the actual red carpet and you're Q&A and stuff like that. But when you're the actual subject and you're with a film that tells such a like a powerful story, it's I still get like, when I think about the moments when we were trying to like get it all down on tape, you know? And so being the subject, I get choked up all the time just because I'm just like, oh. I've always wanted to go to South by, you know what I mean? And it was like a dream to just go there and to be in a film that actually went there, you know what I mean? So for this to actually happen, really honored. It's so exciting. And I think that you've got a lot ahead of you that's going to be super exciting just to watch your, your journey ahead. It's going to be really wonderful. The film is very much about your journey of healing from childhood to residential schools, through addiction, and now to pro skating and sobriety and acting and all this stuff can you talk a little bit about your journey well you know it was just like having to take it was feeling like I was like having to disarm every situation it's like hard to put into words there was people that were that saw the talent in me whether it would have been like a board company or it was someone in the skate industry and they were like okay you know he doesn't have much footage but here give him some free stuff and there was a, like moments like that where I would do is I would go and I'd celebrate and it would be like, you know, having alcohol and drugs like fed to us as we're kids and in magazines and stuff like that. I'm like, well, this is kind of goes hand in hand. That I was slowly easing myself into trying to figure out the skateboard and the industry and all that stuff. I slowly just started multiplying my intake. I had an addictive personality already. So that way of living in my thought Pro, my, my thought process was just so much more like it feed that feed the beast you know I just had lived that way for so long that like you know after 20 years I had just realized I was trying to apply myself at life and I had gotten stonewalled by the strong arm of the law saying dude you've racked up you know what I mean you kind of owe us clear across Canada I had made a big mess and I ran from it because that was what I was that's what was shown to me, you know what I mean? My dad took off, 
abandonment issues. Hell, heck yeah. I'm like, place this with this and that, you know? And so it's just messy trying to navigate, trying to like figure out and fill in these voids that were, you know what I mean? Just a part of growing up. It, it wasn't easy, but I mean, I, I like, yeah, eventually I had to just like face me, my maker. Like, I mean, I, I could say I should have done this 20 years ago, you know what I mean? But it wouldn't make me who I am today, you know? This is why, like, now that I have this voice and I'm able to, like, tell my story, I just hope that people are able to, I mean, you only need to be, watch it once, you know, <laughs> to be able to take something from it. And I just hope that, like, yeah, that people, people are able to hear the message loud and clear. Omar, what do you hope that people take away from the film? I want people to be in, in inspired. I think I'm, I'm inspired, you know? And so, um, you know, that's what inspired me to make the film is, was that. So just, just how everything he's had to overcome to kind of get where he is. And, and also I think to learn, to inspire us as well, to, to learn about the history of residential schools in Canada. And, you know, there's been a fair bit of national conversation around it, especially since the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in 2015 and all that. But what's often lost is that, you know, the last schools didn't close until the 90s. You know, it's not like something from like the early 20th century. And it's like in the past, you know, this is very much still with us today. And it's part of our it needs to continue to be part of our national conversation and something that we have to continue to heal from and, and deal with. So that's, that's, I think, a huge thing. And yeah, I think with, with the film, what, what we tried to do as well is, you know, it's kind of a more stylized film um, and it has skateboarding going for it. So I think it opens up the subject matter to a whole nother demographic than, than would ordinarily you know, for example, go on the NFB and like watch a documentary about a residential school survivor. So we kind of really leaned into that and we're hoping to, to reach a, a larger demographic in that way. It's been very interesting over the past couple of years that there's been more and more uh, both narrative and documentary films about skateboarding, specifically with like young people. So I guess a question to both of you is what is it about skateboarding that sort of calls to youth as, and really a lot of marginalized youth? What is it about skateboarding? Uh, I, for me personally growing up, it was the, the older guys who looked like, looked so rough and each guy never dressed the, you know, each one dressed different from the next and everyone had a different style and there was no, no one was fit into a box, I just find that like, you don't have it, you don't, there's no teammates and there's no coach. It's just you and that skateboard, you know what I mean? You can't, there's no one blowing it. Let's say your, your gear, your gear is crappy. Okay, that's like, that's a good enough excuse, you know? But I mean, there's no one to rely on, but you and that skateboard. So that's part of the reason why, you know what I mean? If, uh, especially growing up and not having anyone to skate with in the beginning, I was kind of like the lone wolf. But I mean, eventually all my friends got so good that they were like, they were getting better than I was, you know what I mean? And I brought it to the reserve. I felt I didn't bring it to the reserve, but I mean, my my passion just sparked other people's passions and everybody was just like, ah, you know? Definitely having like a little coup growing up on the reserve definitely helped me like, helped me show what was like, what made me the most passionate, you know? And I mean, I haven't done any like organized sports since, and it's just because skateboards, like you can, like you can travel the entire world, and there's skateboarding as a language that's being every culture. There's just like, and it all revolves around the simple like love of skateboarding. 
And so no matter where you go, it's that language. And people are just like, ah, it's, it's beautiful. Do you have anything to add to that, Amar? Yeah, I think, I think um, yeah, I mean, just echo everything that Joe says, but, but I, I think for me, yeah, just the aspect of not having a co coach and a teammates and it's something you can just go do. Like you mentioned, like why specifically like more like marginalized youth and like marginalized stories. And I think part of that is, you know, marginalized folks generally don't feel as comfortable in like a more of a mainstream kind of environment or with a coach and teammates and all the kind of social frictions. And, and you know, I think skateboarders are generally more on the outside than on the fringes. And we, we kind of like that, and, or at least we, that's who we are. And so we kind of identify with being in that position and we can relate to each other in that way. Like we all just kind of, everyone has their own style. Everyone does their own thing. Yeah, we skate together, but it is like an individual kind of sport in that way or, or art form even. So I think that's it. It's just part of the whole kind of skateboard culture. It's like a sub subculture, especially like back in the day, like now it's kind of more, more popular. And, and especially when Joe was, was skate started skating in the eighties, it was definitely like a real. Yeah. Like back then, some of my, some of my like favorite skaters and some of the best skaters I've ever met came from like the most troubled and broken homes. You know what I mean? And like these people were just had a grasp on life at a young age. So a skateboarder was just like second nature. It was just like hitting a tetherball. It was just, it was there, you know? And so basically I was attracted to that crew, you know, long before I even like had an, an owned a skateboard, I was like, I was like identifying as a skateboarder just because of, they were so like real, you know? Yeah, it was just, they were, everybody's on their own trip. And it was just like, it was just, so, it was so new and I loved it. And, and now you're pro it. and you have a nonprofit. Can you tell me a little bit about the nonprofit? Yeah, we started uh, this, I mean, I co-founded a nonprofit called Nation Skate Youth Society here in Vancouver, British Columbia. And yeah, we pretty much started everything about a year ago. Like we just like sat around and had tea and all of a sudden we just came up with this idea. We're like, yeah, we're like, let's start something, you know, and it was around Christmas time. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? Back in my twenties, I was like, I had this crazy hair, hairbrained idea where I was like, I'm going to start this all native Canadian skateboard team. And I'm going to pitch a proposal and get like a $60,000 grant. And I had all these big plans and I was like, yeah, I'm going to call it nations. And so in my twenties, if you would have given me 60 grand, I was so reckless. I probably would have just burnt it all, you know? And so we were going to launch this in March of last year, but we ended up getting our, our first gig in February. So we were just like, oh, well, surprise, we got to, you know, it's a nonprofit. And so that turned into us just getting a, like a GoFundMe started and we get a bunch of donations. Then I organized a trip throughout Alberta last year and hit all these communities. And yeah, we got good feedback and everything. And yeah, it ended up being like... A, just grew legs and it's doing its own thing now we're official nonprofit and international so basically we can open chapters clear across Turtle island yeah and getting a, a pro board that was i mean we had been talking about it for about five years but i just didn't think i was ready you know joe you so your plan as well for for the nonprofit is to go across turtle island to different indigenous communities right to teach skateboarding yes eventually so the film is playing at the Calgary Underground Film Festival, April 23rd through May 2nd in the Be True to Yourself short program and Northwest Fest 
from May 6th through May 16th in the Indigenous Spirit Shorts program. The film is called Joe Buffalo. Thank you guys both for joining me today. It was very nice to speak to you and um, the film is wonderful. I really hope that you continue to play lots of festivals. And Joe, I hope you get to continue acting as well in the future. And uh, good luck with your nonprofit and all of that stuff. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. wanted to pop on and give a little shout out to a couple of Joe Buffalo's films that I would love to recommend for our listeners. If you have time, check out Kevin Funk's 2016 film Hello Destroyer. There's a wonderful film from 2017 called Black Lucky. It's spelled L-U-K-L-U-K-I. It's a fantastic film about people displaced by the Vancouver Olympics, uh, and Joe's wonderful in it. And also there's a short film you can find on Vimeo that is from 2020 called Cake Day. And also, I just wanted to remind everyone to go to nationskateyouth.com. You can learn more about Joe's nonprofit and donate if you so choose. And once again, you can see the documentary short film Joe Buffalo at the Calgary Underground Film Festival online streaming from April 23rd to May 2nd, and also Northwest Fest from May 6th to May 16th.